What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Ungrown Ups podcast. I'm Ryan. That guy over there is Matthew. Uh, this is episode nine. nine. Yes, the ninth episode. We made it, guys. This is actually technically what? ten. It is technically ten. So numerically, we're still calling it nine. Numerically so. nine, but I mean, we're doing pretty good. It's not like we gave up quite yet. So uh, we actually have a guest today. Uh, one of my good friends, James Wharton, is here. James, hello. Hello. We are here to talk about whatever. I mean, we didn't really have a set agenda. We just kind of figured. Uh, bunch of car guys get in a room and and have a, a bit of a talk that's um, that's my topic so if we uh veer off that then it's dangerous there's always, territory. Yeah, there's <laughs> always politics and religion right. and other things we can yeah. get on to so, yeah yeah, yeah. Perfect. Those, those are really the only things we when, cover here when do i get my social security number uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's raining outside so that might be a little bit of a delay yeah yeah the mailman does not come on sundays in the rain so, so really? on the way over here i was driving yeah. through it and uh because of the traffic um ways had me take some some uh, service Street. So I'm running through a residential neighborhood and one of your neighbors about two blocks away is going to be pretty bone when they get outside. There was two cars that were just plowed into like somebody made the left turn either really? slipped in the wet or something yeah, yeah. and just broadsided and pushed a Corolla and a Chevy Astro van up onto the curb into a tree. <sighs> Those no, cars aren't high value. No, no big loss. I was hoping it was going to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> new, new, new car day is the best day. Right. You, you want your Corolla wrecked. But I mean, Considering you live in sort of like a college town, those could be college student cars. Which... They also could be drunk stack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Around here. But I mean, it was weird because it was like at 1230 and the cars are still parked on the side of the road. And you're like, That's it's kind of like broad daylight. You yeah. would think, oh, well. I walked outside earlier because I went to uh, <laughs> I went to Del Taco, got some turkey tacos for lunch. And uh, Wall the... supplies last. Yeah, wall supplies last. That's right. They just finally came back in January. The... Outside, it was like a damn river. There was yeah. a, a good... I had to jump over like a three and a half foot wide river in the gutter. I mean, this is unusual. Yesterday yes. was 60. It, it, it was nice yesterday, yeah. Not very often here. And what I've found as a transplant is people don't know what to do. Oh, yeah. No. The, the, uh, the news out. broadcasters will over-dramatize the amount of rain. And what they do, they'll have the cameraman zoom in on the gutter. So it's super, <laughs> super close on screen. So it looks like it's a flowing river. Right. And it's just two inches of water going down the gutter. Like, no big deal. It's always storm apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a storm watch 2020. Or... Well, the, the oil builds up in the street for the five years in a row. It doesn't rain. Right. And then all of a sudden you have a slip and slide. Well, it, that... it, Yeah. It's not fun. Uh, first, uh, I don't know, hour or so on the bike. It's pretty scary. I kind of like it. It's in a car. Fun. It's so, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, not so much on the motorcycle. No. Eh, well, mean, and, the, and the hard thing is around here is like the the skill of the driver is already questionable to begin with when it's right. dry weather. Right. And then you add the wet and it's like they're really not giving themselves enough time when they're texting to look at the road. Right. Because literally I was at a four-way stop and I was waiting for the guy across from me to go and he was looking down the entire time at his center console, even as he crossed the intersection. So you know he's looking at his phone. I do, like, I do like when you see people staring and smiling into their lap. Well, we know you're not that excited about what's down there. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of texting, a lot of applying of eye makeup, but nothing yeah. matches being from New York, what I had in a New York City cab once. Mm -hmm. Guy had a plug-in hibachi grill. He was making Come himself on. dinner. I can't make that up. Did he share? Unfortunately not. That's kind of rad. Like, I could you imagine know you get in a cab and he's got a hibachi and he's like, would you like a I want to know what kind of power supply he was running. From a cigarette lighter to a 110 outlet that can actually power a hibachi? Had an, had an inverter. I'm thinking food poisoning was on the table that night. <laughs> Probably, but you know. Well, I used to have a roommate that would take, uh, he would take his chicken. We had like a bay window in the kitchen and he would take his chicken out of the freezer to thaw it and would sit up there for like a day and a half. And every time, yeah, it was gross. We called it windowsill chicken. And he would cook it and be like, oh, do you want some chicken wings? No, I do not want your salmonella. Yeah. But I somehow he mysteriously was never sick. 
He must have built up some sort of immunity. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Super like weird. Low levels of salmonella over the years. It just kind of made him invisible. Super weird. But speaking of oil on the street, so your car, James, actually is sort of well suited for it because you are driving a... Subaru STI. Yeah. The car for bad weather. And weirdly, he doesn't vape that I'm aware of. No vape, no flat brim. It, I, uh, it's weird. I'm Do you have headers or anything on the STI? It's a lease. And okay, so. uh, I leased it specifically for just bombing through whatever and driving it like it's a rental car. Well, yeah. which it technically is. Yeah. <laughs> it, as yeah, long basically. as you don't scratch it too heavily, you right. can basically turn it back in. Yeah, I'm a little I've, worried. I've gone through um, just about every kind of car. Name a price point, name a different engine layout, anything. And uh, I always wanted to scratch this itch. And it's been, eh. It's been okay? Th- this car needs needs modification. Is it just like the, the torque dip? What is it that, that isn't really the meeting fact- your expectations? Well, the factory tune, they, they leave a lot on the table. It's uh, I wouldn't call it fast. I wouldn't call it slow. It's kind of oddly somewhere in the middle with old school turbo lag. And all-wheel drive in Southern California, you don't really get the, the advantage. There's a couple on-ramps I like to get a little bit sideways. But it just, it does the everyday car thing okay. It does the fun car thing okay it's just not great at anything they do and they're pretty stiff i mean the sti is not a great if you it's, want something that's it's, somewhat comfortable it's the ultimate combination of stiff and soft it's kind of yeah. both which yeah. is weird bad yeah, yeah it's not a good thing no and you know what i mean look i i like the older sti personally like uh, the absolutely the first one that when it the came out guy? Well, no, when it came out here, it was the next gen. So it was 2014 was the first year. Or excuse me, 2004. Four. Wow. Let's mm-hmm. back up 10 years. 2004 was the first year of the it's STI you in and the I United met. States. That's right. Yeah. First STI. And that was, it was stiff. It was uncompromising. It would do axis spins. It was a really cool car. And then they just kind of watered it down and watered it down. And and those are the cars that got me into it. And right. we, you know, we had a professional encounter at the time when I was working with those folks closely, the rally folks, yeah. <laughs> and got into it, thought it was super cool, and always wanted to try one out, and uh, glad it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer do you have on your lease? Uh, I, I'm always a threat, but uh, technically May, I, I don't think I'll last that long. Do you know what you're going to go for when you turn this in, what, what you're going to jump into? or are you Ryan, just... Ryan and I were just talking no, about, there's, talking there's about two sorry. things on the table right now. It's going to be one of the two. And those are? Drum roll. Um, a Prius? BMW M2 <laughs> competition. Okay. All right. Um, cool. I've had a number of M cars. Love them. They're great at doing the family thing, track day thing, kind of yeah. everything in between. Or really, really different, uh, Shelby GT350. Oh. Great 5.2 liter, flat plane crank, naturally aspirated V8 with a stick. They're not going to make something like that again. And so I think if you want one, you buy it now or you don't. I don't know. With those two, it's kind of interesting because then it's like, for me, it's, it's hard looking at a vehicle without also considering who else owns that car. So which is more annoying, the BMW owner or the Mustang? So I've, I've always been in tune with that, having gone to a million car shows and seeing all the Corvette guys in the satin jackets and thinking, yeah. I don't care how fast they make them, that's not me. Then I got an STI. I'm 42, I don't vape, so... <laughs> I, I think now I've broken my my barrier. I officially don't care what people think, right. and I just get what you know what, what I you love. Want. What, yeah, what yeah, I yeah. get excited to wake up in the morning and drive because right. that's really my passion, my release, the thing that I 
um, love and look forward to. So I'm just going to get what I love. Why is the GT500 not on the table? It's automatic. Not, it's an automatic, yeah. It's 760 horsepower. Of automatic power. It's fine. It's just, you know what? I was going to ask if his STI was a CVT, but... They, they only make them. <laughs> yeah, state. I know. Yeah, you know, I understand that progress means better, faster, yeah. more efficient. Um, have you been in the Tesla P100D? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so fast, it's physically uncomfortable. It makes me physically ill. And I don't know if that necessarily means better than a car that you can ring out in every gear and really enjoy the experience. Yeah, the engagement is kind of, I think, the, the big factor. I, you know what, though? If, if I was going to go and get a 911, I think I'd get a PDK. It's been really cool knowing you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm starting to come around. I really am. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm a Porsche fanatic. I've, yeah. I've been really, really lucky to have uh, a few of them now. Yeah. And they're phenomenal cars. The PDKs are faster. Yeah. They are incredible. And I'd love to drive one on the track, but the experience... I, but just, I think it's what you it, make of it. I think it's yeah, how sure. much fun do you make it yourself, right? Like if you're still being engaged and you're still having a, an interesting True. time of it, and then you know if I don't want to deal with it in traffic, you don't have to. I, mean, I think there's there's benefits. See, to I, it for I sure. love I love attacking the canyons. I love going to the yeah. track. And the only thing that a really you know that a 700 horsepower car does is get you to the corner faster. Oh yeah. In which case you're probably going to run out of talent sooner. Right. So GT500, incredible piece of engineering. Not interested. Well, the GT350, I mean, still is what, four or 526, 526 something like that. And, yeah. it and it's like 430 pound feet of torque. So yeah, it, and it, yeah. at that point, who really cares, right? I mean, you're That's arguing right. over stupid stuff. But the I, I would make the argument that the GT350 is probably a better track option. No doubt. Right. So I do have two kits. Yeah. So that's a consideration. It right. needs to actually work right. and have back seats right. and sound ridiculous because my kids have become accustomed to that. <laughs> and the interior is kid-friendly because it's all hard plastic in the GT350. That's right. Mm. You're making the case. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I probably wouldn't pick the GT350 because I hate the interior. You know, I... But, oh, it's dreadful. Yeah, yeah. but that's but, where you kind of make the compromise. a fabulous upgrade from the STI. True, true. Yeah, the STI yeah. isn't exactly the most plush interior either. Now, no. how old are your kids? Uh... Five and seven. Okay. So basically at this point, booster seat, or are they still in a car seat? My son's in a booster seat. He turns eight in March, and he can ride in the front, Yeah, which he's pretty excited about. And my daughter, look, you, you've seen me. I'm not a, I'm 5'10", a buck 60, soaking wet. My kids followed suit, so uh, they can squeeze anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> They've been in the back of a 911. They're cool. Yeah. For a while, I was driving a... Uh, a current generation Miata, the ND Miata. Ooh. And that was a great family car with my son just because he was a booster seat, but we could throw the booster seat up in the front seat and he loved it. Mm. Uh, sight lines were great because he could still see out the uh, out the out the front windshield and out the side. He could actually reach his arm up on the, uh, on the door sill and hang. So that actually worked quite well as a family car uh, considering it was just a family of three. So ND Miata Club might be the best car ever made. Yeah. So I had that and then uh, my wife... Also had a, uh, she had the GTRF, so she mm. had the uh, retractable fastback yeah. but on the GT trim. So that's, in her a, case, that's a that's a hard life to live with just two Miatas. Yeah, that's yeah, not the easiest. You're always taking two cars. Yeah, we went to dinner once. Right. And I'm like, all right, let's take two cars. But it's you know when you have a chance, you might as well just yeah. kind of have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? Well, I have that Colorado, and so my niece and nephew, they don't have to have booster seats, but they like to be in them because otherwise they can't see out. Like, they're the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the belt line's too tall. But uh, the 
I my lease is also up in May, and I'm kind of waffling between a few different options. And now that we're sitting here thinking about it, I might have to go drive an F Type too, just just to drive it. Ooh, just to drive it. You probably get it's a very deal good. on the older one because they just changed the new to the newer body style, the front rear end uh, facelift. So yeah, they've got some pretty good lease deals right now. So yeah. they lease well. They're incredibly stiff. Right. Drive it. Right. But it's it's good. Well, that, so my dilemma is always, I have a dirt bike. I love camping. I like going off-road. Hold on, right. zip. Yep, there you go. I, uh, so That's his got, pants. <laughs> That's yeah, right. right. I'm a little so, comfortable. So just so everybody knows, we're getting comfortable. We're taking our pants off, and uh, we're all going to sit here in our underwear. Yeah, I brought some treats from Japan, so we're just making room for those treats. Right, exactly. The, uh, so there's, there's the aspect of me that says, okay, I need something to keep moving my dirt bike around. But I know people with trucks, so I'm not overly concerned. But I do love camping, and I do love being outside. So... There's a Forerunner under consideration. I really, really like the Forerunner TRD off road, mm-hmm. not necessarily the Pro. Although I would love to get one, but I'm sure, you know, there's ten thousand dollar markups on them, and it's insane. Yeah, I was gonna say the lease deals probably aren't all that great. They're on not. They don't really the lease. Yeah, right. they don't lease very well. Buy it, keep it forever. It's awesome. Well, that's kind of the plan, right? As if it's a Forerunner, it's, I'm just gonna buy it and keep it forever. There's, and then you buy it, and then 2021 when they come out with an all new one, and you're like, shit. No, I I like the I love the way the current one looks. Like that's a big thing that the current body style I think looks rad. You want to talk about a crap interior, though. I mean, well, it is. The architecture is not so good. dated, yeah. But it's it's body on frame, and you can't get that anymore. Yeah. That's true. Right? You're, not, you're not paying for the interior. No, you're paying for the capability I, of the I, truck. I think, to any car guy listening, this is the time to go get the thing that you have an emotional reaction to. Right. Because those are being phased out. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Everything's going to a crossover-based... Yeah, unibody. it's all it's all unibody. It's all so if you want like Although that the, true body on frame, Raptor would be a great choice. The upcoming Bronco is supposed to be body on frame. Uh, From the Spider Force, yeah, sure. Said, but, but you're not going to be able to get a, a new Bronco at an affordable price no. for a couple of years. They're, they're going to mark them up. Oh, for, yeah. you know, just like the new Defender, it's right. They're going to make a price point, and then it's going to be twice that for the first year. What's with the the, the back the back side the back three quarter of that Defender looks? What happened? How dare you! You mean like the... Oh, it, it looks a little weird. It looks a little weird, but I'm so happy they're making it. Oh, no. I'm pumped on that they're new, that they're making it. But that weird little window... Oh, and the yeah, weird side glass. It, yeah. It's, a, it's supposed it's, to have like an inside... It's like a storage shelf. On the outside, it could be some sort of removable pack storage option accessory thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't a, know. Asymmetrical design doesn't work on cars. My it wife, doesn't. My wife, we just traded in her LR4, mm-hmm. and it worked on that. The rear window, it for some reason the proportions because it's so square, it worked. Right. But I see what you're saying. Well, that was that Honda had that asymmetrical. Yeah, on the box uh, element. Yeah, the element. Yeah. Well, no, that the Nissan Cube had the, the Cube. Yeah, Cube that's right. Asymmetrical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing just nothing works goofy. on that. No. Yeah. It just doesn't look right. It's like. Eh. Don't yeah. they have a patch of grass on the dash? Yes. A little carpeted rug thing yeah. that's supposed to, you're supposed to throw your phone up there or something that holds it in place. Patch of grass. It's like shag carpeting, basically. <laughs> Or that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think they people in the the cube crew or whatever the fanboys call it. That's cube, probably what they call their cube and it's cube crew cubes. With, that's what they call it. Oh, rug fantastic. on the dash is the cube pubes. Oh, oh, well, that makes sense. Yes, I've always wanted a car. I with want pubes. one now. Yeah, it makes. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. We're gonna use one of those. That's it. Done. Yeah. Lift it. Decision made. Winch. Yeah. I actually saw a Honda Fit recently that was lifted, full-on pre-runner bumpers. The guy had Rotopacks, external. Nice. Oh, it was. I've got a buddy that's going to lift. It was Mad Max. A lifted uh, Scion XB. 
Okay. So they're, they make lift kits in Russia for... They make lift kits in Russia for, for everything, everything, probably. Yeah. But basically, there's like a platform mate that uses the same suspension components. So oh. basically, with some part number sleuthing, you can actually find those parts, bolt it on, and it gives you like an inch and a half lift or something like that. And then you can trim the front and rear bumpers and actually get a decent amount of ground clearance on a gutless XB. Have, have you guys seen every XB out there? The rear trim piece right above the license plate breaks. Oh, it comes off. off. Yeah. It's, it's a scion staple. Why Even is that? the TC does it. It's just the plastics. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like this. It's like the Camry dent. They all have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Because that, then <laughs> my, my dad has a, I think it's a 2004 Scion XB, the release series, the bright yellow one. The one looks like a school bus. Mm-hmm. And that piece is entirely plastic. It's got two little metal studs that are on it, but everything else on that piece is plastic, including the... So you just pull it hard enough, it pops right off. It yeah. yeah. So I think it's just with sunlight exposure, UV exposure to the yeah. plastics, they get brittle or whatever. And his cracked. And then when I was putting a uh, rear view camera into the car, I had to epoxy weld the plastic back together into one continuous piece. Right. And it's held together for the past, I don't know, four years. Should we make him some school bus stickers? We could. That'd be we could. Funny. There's a big school bus down the side. I'm sure that's what any grown adult wants to be seen. Well, no, you just put them on. Or we just put short bus on it, not school uh, bus. It's short bus. Free that's, candy? Yeah, free candy. <laughs> he's not a white man. It's, he's safe. He's safe. I had a friend in uh, in high school had a windowless van. We put free candy stickers mm. on the back of it. Classy move. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't figure out why people were honking at him. Because <laughs> they, they wanted the free candy? No, I think they were mad. Oh. <laughs> they didn't find it as funny as we did. But, okay, so the Defender, it's great, but to your point, right, there's just way too much markup. I think it's badass. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely badass, mm-hmm. but you're not going to find one. No, we, we uh, actually went to the dealer the immediately when they kind of started teasing it yeah. because I, I did the math and figured out that the lease on our LR4 and the launch of the Defender had mm-hmm. some potential for, um, you know, the timing to work out. Right. And uh, I was told pretty, pretty early on, don't, don't bother. That's you know, crazy. The, the first ones are going to be so expensive. It's just right. not going to make sense. Oh, yeah, they start with the fully loaded models. Oh, well, well, if you could find... Well, in the markups, it's just not yeah. going to work. They start at 50, and if you can find one that's 50, 50 grand... Good luck, it, yeah. It would be worth it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't think you really need anything. I don't even know what their... Op- their options are probably all towards the luxury end of things, right? The one, the one you want's a little bit more than that, and then the with the dealer markups, just doesn't make sense to finance or lease it. Right. It doesn't work. Now, yeah. does your dealer have the cool little off-road trail or the oh, hill yeah. in the front of the uh, lot where you yeah, can see. Yeah, Newport has of it, Of course, right? yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's, yeah. I've never seen anybody actually on it other than like some of the cars just parked, just parked there. On it. So what, what I will but, say is I, I worked for um, Lamb Rivers Ad Agency for a number of years and um, I got to go on a bunch of wheels events. So they have the courses in front of most of the stores, which are actually really good with, you know, wheel articulation yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through a little bit of, of water. But man, if you have the chance to take any Lamb Rover, Range Rover off-road, you'll be blown away. All the guys with the Wranglers with, you know, boggers and rock crawlers and all the suspension lifts just get get worked by, I, a, by a factory car with a window sticker. That's, that's the best, though, is, like, you see all these overlanding guys throwing buckets of cash into their vehicles, and you see somebody with, like, a car that shouldn't be there just being able yeah. to do it, like a like a RAV4, hold, you know, keeping up with these, you know, Cars that have twenty, thirty thousand dollars with the aftermarket accessories added to it. We used to take an Impreza RS out to Pismo and piss off all the guys out there. Be out nice. in the back in the dunes, just ah, flying along, and those guys would just get so mad. Yeah, you're not supposed to be back here. Oh, well, whatever. Dude. I make it back here. Yeah. yeah, The I don't get Jeep. I've never been a Jeep guy, ever. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, that's right. It's a Jeep, <laughs> it's thing. A Jeep thing. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. I don't it. get it. 
Like, I really don't. I just have no. I see all these guys in his Wranglers. Like, my, my buddy Jeff has one. My uh, friend Dan's got one. And they're cool. They love them. I don't get it. Pick up a school. I, sure. They're not selling that well, though. Like, no, Gladiator isn't selling I as see well. see them all as, over the place. They're spendy. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're actually, they're, there's dealer incentives on those. It's the four-door Wrangler that you can't keep in stock. Oh. Which also, okay. Which is, yeah, I mean, the original Wrangler was just the a two-door Wrangler. The Wrangler, the two-door Wrangler, that's a Jeep. That's the OG Anything Jeep. other than that, yeah. I mean, the Gladiator fund, but any, a four-door Wrangler to me is just a weird concept. And yet, they've they added wheelbase to something that doesn't need wheelbase. Well, yeah. have, you, have you ever driven a two-door Wrangler on the highway? Oh, shit. No, they're probably yeah, frightening. Just, that's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But turning radius is awesome. Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. you flip like a U-turn at the light, and it feels like you're spinning in place. Right. That is pretty much the only perk I've ever seen in driving a Jeep otherwise, because handling is abysmal. Uh, just NVH, rattles, quality, well, and everything. I mean, just... there's no top. It's, yeah. Right? The most I know about Jeeps are the people that drive them are, are miserable. There's <laughs> people on the trails that if you get stuck behind them, you're, you're screwed, because well, they're going to go four miles an hour, they're never going to let you over, and there's 70 of them. There's the always that, a, b- a big grip of them. Jeep, the Jeep guy is Mustang guy, but in a, in a truck. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah that, basically. Yeah. And the thing that astounds me is the price you pay for what you get. Right. When you look at window sticker on this thing, it's like forty grand, and you're like, really? The Rubicons are $60,000. Yeah, and that's <sighs> if you can find one that hasn't been accessorized by the dealer with a lift kit right. and those fugly grills on the front end that make them look like angry Jeeps. Angry Jeeps. You ever see those? Like no. they basically they change the front grill out, and, and instead of having like the round headlights, yeah, they add little covers to the round oh, lamps. So it has a scowl. So it has a scowl. Yeah, it's the dumbest Jeep accessory. Yet every single Jeep you see, odds are, if it's been accessorized in some other way, it's got one of those stupid grills on the front end. Would you call it a Jeep emoji? See what well, they did there? It's no? like an emoji combined with a Jeep. Yeah. No. I would just call it cheap. It's uh, for the record two hundred two. By the way, how did right you now. miss emoji? Oh, that's oh. even better. There you go. And by better, you mean worse? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> can I can I leave now? It's not going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> we plateaued. This is it. That's it. This that's is it. actually the last show we're ever doing. That was it. We never wanted to get into no. single or double digits anyways. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've run out of things. We have just exhausted the entirety of our lives. So other cars, what's the most, uh, I guess, memorable car that you've had? What's What's the one car? You, you wish you could have back, yeah. Ooh, those are different questions. They are different questions. So let's start with the one car you'd rather have back, or you wish you could get back. Ooh. So I've I've uh, I've sold some really good cars. Um, can I have a two way tie? Sure, sure. All right. There's no rules. So the car I sold to get the STI, I I still sit around and just can't believe I did this. Yeah. I had a, uh, Perfect, perfect. E90 M3, which mm-hmm. is the four-door with a V8 mm-hmm. stick. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything rocking. Mm-hmm. Naturally aspirated, four liter, a little bit over 400 horsepower. Those sounded like it should. Amazing. Love that car. Should have kept it. They're they're selling for tens of thousands of dollars right. more now than when I sold it, you know, in desperation. So... Very poor move, car I probably won't ever buy again. But what color was it? Wish I didn't sell Silverstone. Okay. So it's kind of like that grandpa yeah. silver blue. Yeah, it's a cool color. But yeah, really cool. Yeah. Love that car. And then um, a car that I owned but didn't really love at the time, but now I love it and wish I had it back. I had an 07, which was the first year of the 997 Turbo, mm-hmm. 911 Turbo. Those are sick. Yeah. 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 I didn't love it because I, I was, you know, 
air quote, upgrading from a, a Carrera S, mm. 997 Carrera S. It was no five. It was beat up. It was the worst one in the country, I'm sure. And I was incredibly lucky to be able to flip into the turbo. But I really felt like I was upgrading and, and I got the car and all the things that I loved about the C2S, I hated about the turbo. Mm-hmm. Um, you felt the weight of the all-wheel drive. Um, it, it didn't feel tail happy. Um, the sound was missing. It just felt like a more substantial car, which for me, I don't love. I like kind of lightweight and flickable and fun, which um, it just it just didn't have. But now every time I see him, it's just aging so well. Yeah, um, it's going to be a classic, and it's going to be a car that I'll you know not be able to buy again. But even if you picked it up now, would you still? be able to get over your original misgivings or would you still have the same feelings even though I drove another one recently it's so good it's so so good it's such a good looking car yeah oh another contender uh huh oh back now in, it's a three way back We're in modifying as we 2001 go. I had a, a B5 Audi S4 mm-hmm. everyone who's ever had one of those loves them they're just they're just great great cars it's like a four door 911 turbo and the modifiability is that a word yeah, 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 it is. You said it. Okay, yeah. I'll go with it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, love awesome. that car. I drove it cross country three times, put fifty thousand miles on it. It was the car I had when I met my wife. Um, just a lot of great memories in that car. Right. I love and the step one on any Audi repair on that car. It's remove the entire front end, the front grill. Well, everything yeah. comes. <laughs> well, that's, that's packaging, right? Yeah, it's totally packaging. Room. Yeah. The B six generation, the one that came after it with the V eight. Yeah. Apparently, there's a, a chain in the back of the motor that had where yeah. it's an engine out replacement for yeah. like a, a you know really really that small cheap sense. part yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's good stuff yeah. Well, yeah. but but what i will say is the cars that i've had that i've enjoyed the most have been the cheapest and kind of least uh powerful right miatas amazing mm-hmm. i mean i don't think you can buy a better car it doesn't make sense for my life right now but I well, think that's the best car on the road. I mean, they do say the answer is always miata miata is always yeah. the answer yeah but up until that point he was a big fan of german engineering yeah. I mean, you had Porsche, you had BMW, you had Audi. I, I don't have a type. I just like great cars. Great yeah. cars with lots of feedback that have an enthusiast community built around them because I really, you know, most of my friends, Ryan included, come from that side of my life. Now, are you wrenching on the cars yourself or? Oh, no. That'd be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, you know, that's kind of where I was wondering because some of these cars are, are a total different thing. It's like one thing, it's like if you have to work on them, like we were talking about the Audi, like any sort of right. repair process is literally removing the front half of the vehicle to get access to the engine. And so from a ownership standpoint is one thing, but from an actual working on it or even, but I mean, in your case, you're still paying for the repairs, which in some cases can be quite brutal, especially like out of warranty yeah. repair costs. Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons I didn't love that car so much is I was always afraid of, what's that noise? Yeah. How much is that going to cost me? Yeah. I, it's pretty rare that I keep a car or have in the, in the past kept a car past warranty. And now I want something I think that's going to stick around. So my, my STI, which yeah. I leased, yeah. I passed 36,000 miles last week. Oof. So warranty's over right. and I still have a few months left on the lease. And you've probably got a, a Ringland that's going to go in about probably tomorrow. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your, next. Up. The head gasket. Oh yeah, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday, and they disagreed with me that that was an issue. I was like, it's totally an issue. Sure, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you say, man. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully it doesn't happen to you. So are you already upside down on your lease in terms of penalties and in mileage overage? I'm paying seventeen cents a mile. Shit. Well, that's when you just say screw it and go trade it in somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's why I'm having the conversation now of right. you know. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. My, my neighbor had the, kind of the same situation, but ended up pick, jumping into a new lease and actually had 
they were they were driving a what was it like a, a Lincoln MKX or something like that, and they ended up. I saw a brand new Volvo V60, I think it was, or XC60 in their in their driveway, and they had both cars for like eight months. But basically, because the lease deal on the Volvo was so cheap and crazy that it was just worth having extra vehicles around. And then they just turned in the uh, Lincoln on time. And because they weren't driving it full time, they were no longer over on mileage and everything like that. It was good to go. But it's, I've never actually leased a vehicle myself. So I've never had to deal with any of these concerns. I just buy it. I'm not doing it again. Was this your first? No, I mean, I've I've done it in the past, but you know, leases are great if you're going to turn a car over every three years, want something new. I'm kind of in the phase now, like we said, where, I don't think they're going to be making the kind of cars I like much longer. Right. And I really want to buy something that I think is special and hold on to it. And I also like the the sentimentality of growing with a car, you know, potentially having something I can give it to my son or daughter down the road and just have around. The only thing I, I will probably end up initially on the front end going into a lease so that I have that option if I want to and then just refi after that or pay it off. But the... You know, for me, I've always had this like severe automotive ADD. Like I keep cars anywhere between three months and, and once it gets over like a year and a half, I start freaking out. I get all itchy and sweaty and like I get in the thing. I'm like, I hate this car and it could be the best car in the world. I absolutely just am over it. But that being said, you know, I didn't drive the truck every day. So I've got a diesel Colorado and I didn't drive it every day. And now that I do drive it every day, because I don't have a company car anymore since, you know, uh, retiring, it's... It's not as bad as I remember it being driving the same thing every day, but there's definitely that I can feel the itch. And I'm my mm-hmm. lease is up in May, so I'm I'm ready. What kind of residual? You can live in your that? car, you can't drive your house. That's so right. Well, that's my good friend Tony. Carefully. Tony said he used to tell us he said you can uh, you can uh, sleep in the car but you can't rally the house. That's right. Yeah, that's what he used to tell us. So what is that? You're going to get a motorhome next? So you can do both? Uh, so I had thought about, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I had kind of kicked around the idea of buying like a Sprinter, Sprinter conversion van. and selling everything. Yeah. And just nomading it. But I, I can't commit. I could see it for you. I can't do it. I met someone recently who does it. Yeah. And it, it works for him. It yeah. just works. For, I mean, I, I don't think it's something that would appeal to most. No, it wouldn't. But I do like, I mean, I like getting out and exploring. I go on ridiculous adventures. So it'd be fun to throw the yeah. dirt bike on the back or be the BMW on the back and, yeah. you know, put some of my stuff in storage. I think the gone. issue is, is that Ryan can't sous vide in his van by Bullshit. the river. Yeah, you can. You watch <laughs> Wait, me. We can curse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. say whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, we don't make it like a habit to drop the F-bomb every I mean, you can say like but... earmuffs, shout yeah, out your earmuffs. kids, <laughs> and then motherfucker. We are, we are listed as uh, explicit, explicit content. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. It's, I mean, we're not quite Joe Rogan. No, no, no. You know, but, we're not. But we're not obscene. We also don't have a flame, not a flamethrower. I'm hoping maybe Tom will bring. I should get my buddy Tom to come up to bring his not a flamethrower. I was down there last time. I was down visiting him, and he he bought one of those things. Yeah. Have you seen one in person? <clears throat> yeah. It's definitely a flamethrower. Frightening. It's, it's, awesome. it's definitely a flamethrower. It's also frightening, and it, it's scary enough that I was like, I want to do it. He's like, absolutely not. Is it just a? Wait, did he get the Tesla one or did yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's so just the, a butane torch, isn't it? Right. Well, yeah. kind of. So it's actually it's a thing that they put a sticker on. There's another company that makes them. Right. And so the I guess what happens is the trigger actually freezes closed because mm. the gas, right? Oh, the gas yeah, so through freezes. Yeah. The trigger gets so cold. He said it's like legit frightening. And I was like, this is right up my freaking alley. Let's do this thing. He wouldn't wouldn't let me. Elon's incredible. I think you know there's what between seven and eight billion of us. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who's actually taking a step to think about our species kind of really long term. 
I don't know that he's the only one doing that, but he's certainly the most outspoken. He's got the biggest audience. Right. The one, and, and I don't think that, that's a bad thing. Well, right? okay, not talking about doing something toward. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but some of the shit, like the boring company. Yeah. Like, some that's of the stuff. That's, he's reinventing the subway system, but using cars. And it's like, okay, that's not all that revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like some of the shit is just kind of like, you have right. to like, okay, even look at just like, like Hyperloop. So, well, Tesla, my, my stepdad is like the biggest Tesla Kool-Aid drinker and we get in arguments with us all the time. The one thing I will say that Tesla's done really well is prove that there's a viable EV market. Now I'm excited to see other people come in and bring other options. I I'm mean, fully, that's I'm fully cool. triggered right now. Why? I just, I hate it. Why? I, you know what? I don't hate it. And that's the thing. So I really wanted to hate it, like really bad. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Cars are supposed to be one thing. As a commuter, it makes perfect sense. As a daily thing that gets you to the office and back, it makes total sense to me. Now, where it, st- it all falls apart is the second I want to leave a 50-mile radius. Mm. Then it all falls apart and everything else makes more sense, right? But I was even looking at zero motorcycles. I mean, I think they're neat, and it would be a it would be a great city bike. So it, that's an interesting comment because you're you're a hardcore bike guy, yeah. and for me, sound is a really really big driver of what excites me about a car. It's why the GT three fifty is on the table, right? Arguably it's, one of the best sounding cars. Oh, it's ma- that Voodoo is amazing. Yeah, isn't there some part of the experience of riding a bike, the feel, the sound, the smell? It is a big part of it. But having ridden an Alta, and admittedly, it was only down the street. There's a different, it's like riding a freaking spaceship. It makes this noise. Like a land speeder kind of thing. It makes you laugh. It You giggle and the torque is instantaneous. There's something about it for a city bike. It's perfect. Have you guys heard the Taycan? Yeah. Oh. I haven't heard it. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It sounds like a Jetsons car. Well, that's, that's it. There's a different, it's a, it appeals to something inside of you still, much like any of those other cars, right? It still gives you that little fizz, but it's, it's a different part of you. Like there's definitely something about you that goes, holy shit, this is cool. So for me, go ahead. I was say, if anything, Ryan could just stick a card in the spark in the spokes to get that. Don't, and I wouldn't put it past me. There you go. Yeah. So from driving dynamics, look, they're they're very heavy. They are. Oh yeah, yeah. But Um, and they're they're not good. They they don't. There's there's no modulation of the pedal. It's an on off switch. (laughs) They don't handle well. They don't handle well. They don't sound good. Well, the 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 they're not environmentally five thousand pounds. Well, they're not environmentally great because of battery production. Because and and the way well even the way the the power is created and like this is where I get in arguments with these people all the time. These smug bastards with their (laughs) stupid license plates. I don't look at it as an environmental thing, although I think it's good. And eventually we need to work on both ends of the equation. And we do we do owe it to ourselves in the future to, to do something about the planet and the future of our species. Absolutely. That said, I still think you can get a bit of a thrill. When you have something that weighs as much as an F-150, which is what a, a Tesla Model S weighs, yeah. there's an F-150 that you're accelerating that way. It's not even from a stop. It's from a roll. The way they accelerate from a roll any electric car is insane. Manic. And Crazy. you've got you've got guys that are right now there's 1100 horsepower that they're putting into these things. Look, from a performance perspective in terms of acceleration, mm-hmm. it, the combustion motors will not be able to keep up. No. It's incredible what they're able to do. But I think that the technology isn't quite there yet right. and the the social adoption and the infrastructure that has to be built, you know, we we have a long road to get to autonomy mm-hmm. um to get to where the batteries really are a sustainable you know what's going to happen yeah. to all these model s's 10 years from now oh yeah it's going to be a disaster 
and you live here in Southern California, you know, as we as we do, yep. and you think, man, Tesla's just just crushing it. But when you go away from the coasts, right, it's right. a whole other world. Yeah, I yeah. mean, how 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 is this model gonna gonna permeate you're into you're middle seeing, America? You know, having traveled a lot of the U.S. and I do it quite often, you're seeing them more and more in other places. But they're still not. Again, I don't think they're a good solution other than a a round town car. Well, and it's interesting because you like I remember around the holidays, so you had all the people that were road tripping back home or something like that. And people were posting pictures from the supercharger stations, and there was a line yeah. an hour and a half long waiting for a available supercharger to plug in their Tesla vehicle. One of the best things about my my truck being a diesel is that I can get in it in St. Helena, California, and drive here and never have to get back out of it. I don't yeah, even have to right. stop for fuel. That's cool. Like yeah. that's supercharger. If it's a Tesla, if I was on Model Three, it stopped four times. Did you wow. did you see the uh, the news? It was on I think Jalopnik earlier this week. Where a uh, where a person had purchased a a Tesla Model S from a dealer, and the dealer had purchased it from Tesla via an auction. Oh, I did. And see the this. car was supposed to have uh, FSC, so the full mm-hmm. self driving yeah. software suite and pack and everything like that. The Monroni, the window sticker, said it had this feature set and everything like that. The customer buys the car, takes delivery of it, and then Tesla removed the feature because it was all software based right. and said, "Oh no, the car shouldn't have had that. If you want it, you, to, oh, you have to pay us eight grand." Yeah, with no that's, real outcome to what I don't know if you yeah I don't know what's gonna yeah, but that's a trip. Imagining that you as the first owner paid for all these features in the car, and, and you expect that when you sell the car to someone else, all those features should still right. be in that car. But then all of a sudden to be the second owner and be like told, oh no no that software was paid for that guy. When they're double dipping, really. Basically, right? yeah, yeah, they're charging twice for that same feature. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes about. But that's all the all the fires recently they. Tesla pushed out a range increase mm. right, and then took it away. So there's a lot of stuff that they can do with these over-the-air updates, and that's that's a whole dangerous other slippery slope. I mean, this is this is in its infancy, right. and I think the good news is you have probably the best mind you know, uh, on the planet really focused on it. And so I think that right now they're a great software company. Their hardware you know, questionable. is right. questionable, but yeah. he will figure it out. I just don't know if they're there yet. And as a car guy myself... I'm not a transportation enthusiast, right? and these things just don't speak to me. Well, and that's why there's other stuff, and we'll just say Rivian, incredibly oh, appealing to me. Unbelievably cool. Because if you look at, so look at four individual motors, think about what you can do with traction control. They have tank turns in. That, uh, Surfboard pass-through. If you can get a 400-mile range SUV that I can actually use off-road, now I'm interested. Uh, Lucid, a thousand horsepower, mm-hmm. four hundred miles, two and a half seconds, zero to sixty. That's performance and luxury. An S class competitor, I'm interested. But to your point, I'm not interested in the day to day transportation. I think the Model Three, while yes, it's going to be eventually somebody's going to have to figure out that twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollar cheapy around town commuter car. Right. If if you want electric to really make a huge impact, right. right? But I don't think internal combustion goes away anytime soon. Not even in like in transportation, as far as goods transportation, as far as enthusiasm goes, as far as people wanting to modify things, even though California is trying to ruin that for everybody, like everything else. But that doesn't go away, and there's still a huge part. Like my, you know, my BMW. Let's say I, I bought a zero, and I had my zero, my BMW. The BMW is going to get ridden nine times out of ten because I'm going to leave a certain range, right. and I, I don't. I don't hesitate to throw a gas can on the back of it and ride into the middle of nowhere. I would never do that with an electric bike. But if I'm going to go to work every day, right, and it's 15, 20 miles, electric bike makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. It's light. They're quiet, right? There's there's some, some advantages to it. So I see 
both sides of that. And I see that there can be both of those things that, that exist together. But, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm nine times out of ten going to go for something that burns fossil fuel. My, The thing I like the most and about this, this EV craze or whatever you want to call it is the aftermarket customization potential. When you're taking people that are taking parts of wrecked Teslas and taking the motor, using Chevy Volt batteries and bolting them into like a Honda right. and doing crazy things with EV swaps into what used to be internal combustion engines. Um, I've got a friend of a friend that's taking a, a DeLorean and has electrified it. That's so neat. it's yeah. a DeLorean EV. So some of that stuff I, I find really interesting, and it, it, it almost makes you think about you know what's the future of hot rodding? Is it sticking with this internal combustion engine for something that maybe is hard to kind of keep on the road? On the road, so do you just pull the engine, keep it aside, and then bolt in your EV? So you're still able to enjoy the vehicle, right? Not necessarily the engine. So it does take away from that rumble and the, you know the, the the cross plane exhaust note and all those things. But you're also getting some use out of a car that might otherwise be discarded or just set aside. So it, it is kind of interesting from the the hacker space sense and where people are kind of just creating their own solutions and getting a lot of fun out of something that you wouldn't expect to to blow you away. I mean, like a whole an old Honda Accord that's pushing you into your seat, and it's set up like a gasser. You know, it's lifted mm. up and everything like that. So it's it's there's some interesting stuff going on around Tesla, and I it's some of it I I, I think is pretty cool. Some of it is I'm, I find annoying, but it, it is interesting how it's it, how it's changing and contributing to the conversation around the automobile. Well, to kind of to kind of that point and the conversion thing, right? Like EV West, EV West oh, yeah. does yeah. Tesla all the things, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, they have a a Beetle kit. If they EV'd every single Beetle on the planet, it would make me a happy person because I think those things are dumb as hell, <laughs> and they sound stupid. I like another car I just never got. Right? I know a lot of people that grew up and that was like one of their first cars, and they were super into Volkswagens. I don't get it. Make them all quiet. That'd be fine with me, but. I, I think there there's potential there for a lot of really interesting things to happen. And I don't know what, let's say we went 100% electric all of a sudden, which is a ridiculous argument anyways, but our scenario. But let's just say that happens. Yeah, what does the future look like? Do we all now, we have to be hackers and, and that's, you know, like... It, it's, How many it's, watts it's, do you have? Yeah, like it, it's... <laughs> it, right, 1.21 gigawatts. But it but starts to be EV weird. turbo. Okay. okay. Tycon Turbo yeah. S. Why? Yeah. Why? I know. Marketing. Why? Marketing, yeah. I know. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else you would have called it. Although, do you remember the old computers? Any, anything the, else? The turbo button. The turbo button, remember that? On the yeah. old computers? That, yeah. I think they just made the fan turbo louder. Turbo means fast. Right. Turbo means fast. Sure. Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, do you have a turbo Well, not in the case of what I'm currently driving. Right, I was going to say, you have yeah. a turbo in your car. What can so. you do? There's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> <laughs> But not while keeping the lease uh, warranty. Hey, you know, Ryan, both of our leases expire in May. Yeah. I have an idea for you if you like it. What is it? Swap. There you go. Oh. You are swapping the Subaru for the the Colorado? (laughs) I was going to say, I thought you both get new cars you guys like, but they could just rotate between those two. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Like a co-op. Yeah, there you you go. Spike Ferriston and uh, Zuckerman, Uh they podcast. They share, they go halvesies on a GT2 RS and I think a GT3 Touring, my favorite car ever. Okay. And I think maybe even now a new Speedster. He has an Aventurine Green 992, which is hot. 
Yeah, the, but people are doing it. The Cayman is not the uh, car I want. It's not. But the they're making a four want. liter now. The GTS. Yeah. It's That's not, cool. The, it's not the car you want, but the GTS Cayman. I got very to drive good. one. Very very good. It sounds better than most of the 911s. It's very good. It makes insane noises. It's super good. So much fun to drive. Yeah, something about a mid-engine Porsche. Mm-hmm. Can't lose. And it's got to be a very obnoxious color. I saw like a Tiffany blue one. Oh, Miami. Yeah, the is, Miami is that, yeah, the Miami. Oh my god, it's, it's a cool a color. color. I yeah. think it's a lot to live with day to day, especially if it's your only car. I could do what it. color wise or the car? Color wise, oh, I, I or like, like a frosty green. green. Yeah. Like a bright know. ass green. Oh, like I Skittles. Because people Skittles. do Macan in that color. That's a lot of Miami blue. I am that obnoxious person. You are. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it. I could do it. I can't do it. And I would moonwalk away from that bitch every time. I'll do any color <laughs> as long as it's silver or black. Oh, jeez. Why? I know. Because so, boring. Because resale? <laughs> I, li- I like white. <laughs> but I like white cars because yeah. I take. they don't show scratches as much. Typically, if I get a truck, it's going to be white. Desert pinstriping comes off of it way easier. Yeah. But. Appliance white. Yeah, it's fine with me. I'm okay with it. I'll wrap it or something. He's a Star Wars geek, so he just pretends it's a Star there Trooper look. That works. You black out the wheels. It's ah, it's Stormtrooper. Don't they? Doesn't Nissan do a, a rogue Star Wars edition rogue? Yeah, they did. <laughs> Nissan yeah. did a bunch. Yeah, they had a bunch of a bunch of uh, different models that were also in Star. I Wars. I gotta say, models. I love Star Wars. Yeah, I hate that. I do too. Yeah, it's weird. There's, well, did you see all the? So let's let's talk about that for a second. Have you seen KitchenAid? KitchenAid mixers that they did a bunch of Star Wars ones. You did can not get see that. You can get a um, hot pot. What's no hot Instapot? Okay, Instapot. You can buy. R2-D2 bowls. There's a um, Crate and Barrel, I think, just came out with a bunch of like Star Wars. Are you on some weird Star Wars appliance newsletter? What the no, hell is yeah, this? What's going on here, right? No, yeah. I'm just telling you I've seen this stuff. I mean, I'm not... The... Your browser cookies are strange. You're, you're among friends. Talk haven't about you been it. On, haven't you ever been on Facebook? It will find the weirdest crap and send yeah, it yeah. out to you. Um, yeah, it's there's like an R2-D2 one. That actually it, sounds like it could work. The R2-D2? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I just hate forced brand integrations. Oh shit, that's that's a decal. I take though. it that's, back. That's, that's, no, right, but that they sucks. do have they have other stuff. It does suck. It's stupid, but I yeah, forced integrate like stuff that why? nobody wants. But yeah, because it's a paid sponsorship, it has to happen. Right, but yeah. you've made an Instapot for what reason? I've been a part of them before in my uh, marketing world. Yeah, and there's that cringy moment where you go, I really. Yeah, so I, I flew to... La Crusade, that's who it is that's doing all the other oh, stuff, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, The bakeware and... Yeah, and they're stuff. doing all this. It's just so that everybody out there knows. I just pulled the computer up and went... Yeah, WilliamSonoma.com. Yeah, I mean, that is... Well, by the way, William Kill it with Sonoma, fire. It's terrible. I hate it. So I, I had to fly to Japan. Uh, like, what? I came back oh, about a week or two, a week yeah. or so ago. And uh, United Airlines has that Star Wars sponsorship tie-in thing, too. And so I I flew uh, Polaris, which is their fancy name for business class. And so everybody gets a little zippered tote pouch thing with the Star Wars logo on it. Yeah. You zip it open and it's got like an eye mask and other. But everything's got just Star Wars branding on it. Right. The safety video they play in the beginning is Star Wars inspired. And they're talking all the Star Wars shit. But then you go through the movies and they don't even have the latest Star Wars movie on there. And you're like, what the hell? 
So I'm, I don't really care about 90% of what you just said other than there's a pouch with Star Wars branding. What happened to it? It's in my backpack at the office. I'll bring it in if you want it. Well, you should bring, you should have stolen more multiples. I could use one of those. Yeah, I've done it in the past and my yeah. wife's like, yeah, we don't need these things. So I didn't take, yeah, but Star Wars. What? What? Exactly. What? You're, you're busy surfing William-Sonoma looking for... You know what? I'm not going to buy a La Crusade R2-D2, okay? I just happen to know it exists. You want the C-3PO one, I don't, don't you? I do not in any way <laughs> Boba Fett? want any of that. You hold on. You know what a La Crusade should look like? A pot. A pot, yeah. It yeah. doesn't need the rest of this crap. See, I don't even know what that is. It's I don't like know a, what that means. It's like a big heavy... It's like a casserole yeah. dish. It's like a but, ceramic with a lid. Uh, I know, it's just... You're not a cooker. No. Does your wife I mean, cook? Fabulously, but yeah. we're from New York City. We make reservations. Yeah, listen, Chief. Yeah, come on. Learn to cook. It's fun. I. If you <laughs> cook, if you cook, you have to clean. Yeah. Speaking of. Yeah, that's actually true. Speaking of cookies or cooking, my wife made cookies with uh, Bailey's in them. I don't even know Ooh. how that works, but it sounds delicious. Yeah, she's she's obviously not uh, willing to take on my mission that I I asked her about. Which one? Oh, the, we were talking about cookies. I asked for peanut butter oatmeal, which nobody wants oh, to yeah, make. Oh, yeah, no, she'll do that. Yeah. They all say it sounds terrible. No. We do we, bake now. My kids actually help with baking. Yeah. And I love it because I'm the only one who eats it. Well, that but that's the fun thing with like with kids, right? Like even my niece and nephew, I'll get them involved and oh, it's we great. cook. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah, they take a lot of pride. They love it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Except for that. But the, I would completely mess it up because baking is science. Sorry. Yeah. That's why I don't like doing it. Like I'm the type of person because I am somewhat unfamiliar with the kitchen, so I follow the recipe to the letter. Like, right. I'm leveling off the measuring cup exactly to the amount. My wife is more just, ah, just she knows the approximate amounts. Right. And everything she makes is phenomenal. Everything I make feels like it's forced. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, and I don't know how much of it is just, you can taste the passion in the meal or something. Cause, Yours tastes like anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and hers just tastes like, like even when we make sandwiches using right. the same ingredients, like her sandwich just tastes better than mine, and that I don't know why that is. I I don't like baking. I don't like measuring stuff. I like to me cooking is like art, right? And I like that uh -huh. kind of free form sort of art. And so, I love to cook. So this, baking and cooking to me is the difference between a great car, yeah. and an EV. So which one's yes. which? EVs baking. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. So my wife makes this morning sense. unlocked the secret to some miraculous pancakes. So. For the longest time, we've been going to... Uh, Have IHOP make them? No, no, no. So we, we've been we've had several vacations to Maui. Day. And there's there's a uh, restaurant called The Gazebo, and they have phenomenal uh, banana macadamia nut pancakes. Yeah. And we were somewhere else on the island, and we were talking with somebody, and they said, oh, the secret is is you use seltzer water, soda water, like in, oh, yeah, in the mix. Makes them airy. Right. Yeah. And so we've been doing that, and it's gotten pretty close. And then this morning, my wife figured out... because. The rest, if you use like Bisquick, it just calls for water and eggs to be added to the mix. But with the eggs, if you remove the yolk, so it's just egg whites, and you use like she's been using, um, we have a bunch of the the soda water, like strawberry flavored or whatever. So she threw that in there like with LaCroix. egg whites, and it's just the best, most fluffiest damn pancakes. And that's a really great way to start a day. Yeah, that, that sounds sound pretty. That good. sounds magical. Yeah. yeah. So that's our. Ungrown up baking tip. Did you go pamplemousse? No, no, that's that's a little fancy pants there. Why is everything named properly and then there's pamplemousse? Well, because that's French. So what happened to the others? I'm not really sure. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. Although it is my favorite, LaCroix. I do like that all of LaCroix taste like somebody that had never had the fruit described it to somebody else that had never had the fruit. And that's how they made it. And that's it. what they came yeah. up with. Mm. No, this was, I think, the, 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 my son's a fan of like the flavored seltzer waters. And this isn't LaCroix. This is something else. I think it's like sparklets or something, but it's canned. Oh, yeah. But strawberry and then with fresh strawberries on top. Oh, it tastes to me that's like someone pancake. someone was drinking something of that flavor. Yeah. Poured it out, rinsed out the cup, then put club soda into it. <laughs> and that's what, yeah. There was just a little residual at the bottom, maybe. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so all, let's go all the way back to uh, most memorable car. You didn't answer oh, that. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going to take that. Oh, no, I remember that. Yeah. Lotus Elise. Oh, yes. The world's so widest he, here, here, let me let me paint the picture for you, though. So I'm living in New York City. It's 2003. And they announced that they're bringing this 1,900-pound amazing car that I, you know, love the first generation of to America. Hooray. Celebrate. Um, at the time, all I needed a car for was to escape the city on the weekends and go blast around and bomb in the canyons and just mob back roads. And amazing. I mean, right. it, it was going to be $39,000, less than a cord, I think. Incredible, incredible car. And so I, you know, on a whim ordered one and then decided it was a good idea to spec it and buy it. Flash forward, I accepted a position here in California, which is where I met Ryan. Yeah. And many mistakes were made in many this whole scenario. Were made. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm living in California and it's not just a toy, it's my only mode of transportation. <laughs> so I lasted five months because when it rained outside, it rained inside. <laughs> yeah, the, the top is a it takes a little it's bit a of practice to get it. Yeah. yeah. My my wife is is not very big either and and we were cramped in there. You can't get in, you can't get out. Um you know, the clamshells were very costly to replace at the time and no one sees the car. Someone actually backed into it in an X5 and said, "Well, my my car didn't beep. I didn't was see it? it." Well, come on. That that Mm, that'll take me off on another rant because all of these safety systems and backup making people bad, worse like, drivers. You know your yeah. neck still works, right? You freaking yeah, use well, it. Yeah, yeah. So I lo- every time I drove that car was an occasion. What, I absolutely what? loved driving it. I hated not driving it. Every moment owning it when I wasn't driving it, I hated. Right. And I couldn't get rid of it fast enough. Someone actually approached me at a gas station and said, oh, how much? Yeah. And they were still getting over sticker at the time, and I broke even on it and moved on happily. You could buy one today and still break even on it. Like oh, that's yeah. the car yeah. you can buy today, drive for three years, and sell for exactly how much you paid for it's it. It's a very special car. What well, uh, what color did you have? Storm Titanium. Oh, I should have known when you said earlier, yeah. white or silver. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. My body had an orange one. Yeah. Another, another one of my friends had an orange one, and uh, he's 6'3. Ooh. And actually fit fine. Really? Yeah. See it all the way back, and it was fine. Yeah. It, you just have to work on the. the the entry maneuver, like how you yeah. get into the car, because the, the door sill is so wide. Right. You're not going to look sexy. Dude. James no. Bond would not have an Elise. Yeah. How, how would you do it? Did you sit on the sill and then rotate your legs in, or did, did you, you drop the butt, swing the legs? It's a great, great car. It's just very comp. It's a good fourth car. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, there's one at the shop, right? Yeah. There's oh, one at the office. Yeah. Ryan, we were traveling at the time, yes. 23 times a year, I think. Yes. And more, more than that. Anytime yeah. you left that car for two days, yeah. dead battery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember you driving that car and I was like, hmm, that doesn't seem very, very good. Every well, day. I, I also had the stage two exhaust on it. Yeah. And the only thing that that did was resonate in the cabin at about the volume of someone screaming in your ear. <laughs> but then, didn't it make that Camry engine sing? It was awful. That but that, it's a it's a decent engine. It is a it's decent a engine. Celica, um, it's a Celica. It's the two ZZ. Yeah, yeah. It, in it that doesn't car, have character. But in that car, it's a good engine. 
Yeah. yeah it's I mean, not a great engine. My favorite thing about that car was the gearbox. Yeah. Just it's a really good gearbox. It's a, it's a little notchy, but it's just yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun shift. It's right. a great driving device. It's a horrible car. Right. Well, it, yeah, to your point, it's not. It should never be the only car. No. It just doesn't make any sense. No. No. You're better off with anything. A skateboard. I mean, a Miata or an S2000 is are way more practical. Like having yeah. luxury yeah. cars by comparison. Oh yeah, for sure. Admittedly, while I I think S2000s are cool, I don't think I'd ever want one. Oh, I love them. They're Do you? F- oh, they're so great. AP1, AP2. Uh, yeah, I I, I like the AP2. I'd take either. I, so I walked away from a um, 08 CR okay. over $14. Over $14. $14? And that's the car I regret most not buying. So well, Was I, it a $14 a month pricing difference or so was it a total price? Total $14. No, per month. So oh, okay. I was going to, I think I was going to lease the car. I can't remember specifically, but I worked out the deal. You know, I, I don't like going to the dealership and doing the whole song Nobody and dance does. and playing yeah, Foursquare. Yeah, who does? Yeah. So I, I work out the whole deal and I come in clean and if I'm not out of there in half an hour, I just tell them, you know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for trying. So we worked, we worked out the whole deal and we had the amount and everything was all set. I love the car. It was phenomenal. I mean, drive one, you'll, you'll change your mind. And I got there and they put the piece of paper in front of me and it's $14 different than what we discussed. Mm-hmm. And just the principle of it just ticked me yeah, off that to the point where I was proving the point. Right. And I swore by the time that I got to my car when I was leaving that they'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, never happened. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I, you know what? I probably would have walked away too on the principle. I, uh, I leased my truck via text message. I texted the dude. The, this is what Tesla does well. Uh, the online part of it? Taking it away from the awful, awful, right. yeah, awful. Yeah, no negotiation. Right. Yeah. Well, the the truck I, I had a friend that had bought a truck from the from Selman Chevrolet down the street, and I said, "Hey, who did you deal with?" I, said, I literally shot the guy a text. I said, "This is what I want. I hundred percent. I will not pick any other truck. This is hundred percent what I want." He goes, "Let me get back to you. We've got to trade for it. Here's the numbers." And I said, "I don't like that. How about this?" He said, "No problem." I goes, "Well, come in tomorrow." That was it. Done. Yeah. Walk, I walked in, wrote a check, signed a couple things, and left. And I was in the dealership for all of 21 minutes. That's that's. Awesome. I don't think fantastic. I've ever had that experience. It was rad. They had all the paperwork ready. He had already had copies of, I sent him a, pictures of my license and other stuff. Yeah. So he had everything he needed. It was in and out, done. 20, like 21 odd minutes. The only thing I didn't get was a delivery and I don't care. As a bike guy, I think you should go try an AP1 S2000. I think it would I've been in them. I mean, I've, I've driven an S2000. In anger? I just, no. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. Do it, you gotta do it the right way. I remember the very, I, I can tell you exactly where I was the very first time I saw an S2000 on the road because I did think they looked super cool and I was excited that they were coming out. It was a red one. I was on the 405 North. Well, I guess that would be the 5 North technically in San Clemente. Okay. Wow. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The car wasn't doing anything? It was no, parked on the side was, of the road? Was what was the license plate? the freeway. Yeah. I don't remember. Now, they're, they're, that, that's a really special car. Yeah. It you was, know, and, it and, was and, a thing that, like, you know, those new cars, like, there's certain cars you see and you just remember, oh, shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first McLaren F1 I ever saw, I can tell you where it was. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that, and it was yellow. I remember what, how I fell in love with them threes. I was on the school bus and I saw one pulling up and I'll, yeah. I'll never forget the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just... It's something, if it speaks to you, it really speaks to you. Right. It doesn't always make a good story. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. I loved it. 
No, you didn't. I swear. No, I, I saw the look on your face. You I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it, and then it blew right past me or something. VTEC no, kicked in. No, I was, nope. they, they were actually in the slow lane. Uh, it was a couple women in the car. They were in the slow lane, and I went by it on my motorcycle. I encourage people to rewind and go back and give that second lesson. I think it's yeah. a grower. It'll it'll get better with age, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's When we do like our, uh, we'll do like a... Best of? A best of. It'll be in there. Yeah, for nice. sure. With a lot of like, boo... Just sound effects. We'll edit it so there's just more of an awkward silence afterwards. <laughs> Three and a half minutes of nothing. Maybe just like a like some scratching yeah. noises or something. All right, can I, can I play host for a second? What, yeah. What, what's your most memorable car? Uh, my most memorable car. I can tell you what the car I want back. Let me start. There. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the car I want back would be. See, that, see, I don't do this for. This isn't my. Uh, I don't either. This isn't my Clearly, I mean, we're. Just, we're this we're, isn't our thing either. Yeah. If you listen, you you yeah. would have known by now. <laughs> by now. We should have figured something out. We've got nothing, but yeah. it seems to be working. Um, the, so the car that I want back more than any of the cars would be my very first car, a 1967 Mustang, and Ooh. I. That's cool. I won't get into why it's gone, but it's gone, and it really sucks. I think you got into why it was gone. I probably like did episode, on something. Yeah. yeah. Was so it fastback? No. So funny enough, uh, I, I got the car when I was 14. So I had a couple years to work on it. And my uh, my dad at the time owned a lot. And so we went down to the auction. There were two. There were two sitting there, two 67s. One was a fastback. And of course, you want the fastback as a kid. The other one's a notchback. And we're looking at him and I'm like, okay, I think I want the fastback. My dad says, absolutely not. I go, what do you mean? No. He goes, it's a six cylinder. It's not even a real Mustang. No kid of mine's getting a six cylinder. You're getting the V8. So we ended up with the notch. And I wasn't mad about it huh. at all. 14? Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. would you be? I, yeah, I was probably like 14, 15 and got that, did a bunch of work to it. And eventually it was a, it was rad. 14, I was riding my Chevrolet legs. Yeah. <laughs> well, same. I mean, I wasn't driving the thing. I wasn't legally allowed to, but it was in the shop. So, you know, I'd go work on it and do some, you know, do mechanically everything. I didn't do any of the body work we sent it out to. to my first think. car was a Chevy Beretta. That the previous owner had smoked in. That's oh ugly. shit! That's oh gross. My God. That is absolutely gross. Oh. Well, my second car was a Corvette, so yeah. And, and you're saying your car was smoked in too, or are you just commenting on no, the quality saying, of GM yeah. interiors? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that was going. No, no. I, you you know, are the master storyteller today, right? God, it is going really well. No, my <laughs> point being that yeah, I didn't have a Beretta. I'm sorry. That is pretty sweet though, if That's it wasn't smoked in. Not the Z26. It was absolutely awful. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Terrible, terrible, terrible. That's not a good car. No. Uh, most memorable. I had it, you know, that see, that's really hard because there's a lot of stuff that I've really loved and You're I've, more of a bike guy than a car guy though. I mm, think. No, not really, but I'm kind of like my my car stuff, like I've had a lot of interesting cars, but nothing that like, oh my god, like I've never owned a Porsche, which I'd love to, but I just haven't. So um the the best car in the world is the Porsche you can afford. And they're at every price point. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, I just never, you know, I passed on a few things that I shouldn't have. Like, I had the opportunity to buy, like, a 71 Ooh. for yeah. a really good price. That bubble's gone. Nowhere to put it. Oh, yeah, totally yeah. gone. So, um, 944s are cheap. There's a lot of things that I missed out on, and that's okay. Uh, but I I really like, and this is going to sound super stupid, but at a 2001 uh, Outback Sport, so the Impreza, Great car. Wagon. Yeah. Was awesome. Yeah. Had full gab rally suspension, gravel tires. I mean, that thing was my little rally cross car and it had a 
you know, I, I was helping at the time, Grady, we were doing some R&D stuff on making sure pieces fit on the U.S. cars. So I had a big exhaust, all these Cusco parts on it. Thing was great. It was super, super fun. I loved that car. That thing was memorable in that it was kind of a ridiculous thing to drive every day, right? But it would do every, get me back and forth to work and then I can go rally, you know, take it to the rally crosses on the weekends, which I did a lot of. That's cool. And it was, so at the time we was living in this apartment and the, the parking spots were under the, you know, the apartment above, right? And every day, every day in the morning, I'd go out and start it, boom, and I'd back it in because, you know, that guy. And uh, I would back it in and it would light up all of the remotes or all of the alarms in there. And then this one woman would come out. She had a door that came out. She you fucking, and they'd start yelling at me. I'd be like, what do you want me to do? I have to leave. Right? She would get so mad. My I said, it's better than me starting the bike up. I can start the bike. But I luckily, I pushed that out before I started. My son's room is over the garage. Yeah. Sort of, kind of. And uh, yeah. Yeah. He knows what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know, I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not your room yeah. up there. I did get in trouble once. I had a when I had my Harley, I had it parked inside my garage. I was living in Tustin. I had it in the garage and didn't really think about it. Nothing had straight pipes on it. Wasn't thinking. Started up. Two seconds later, my one of my neighbors comes running out, screaming at me, I, and I never did it again. I I pushed it down the street before I started. That thing was freaking loud. If I do go GT, the neighbor screaming or the motorcycle. The motorcycle. <laughs> I had to turn it off to know what she was screaming about. If I do go GT350, neighbors will be a consideration. Don't they have a, they have a quiet mode? mode yeah, don't they? yeah, there's a quiet mode. Yeah, they're both loud. No, but it's quieter. It says, nah. it says quiet. The cold start is recalculous. Yeah, but that's part of the joy of that car. Oh, absolutely. I actually ran into a guy. I was going to eat dinner with my parents. And we were going to, uh, I don't know, some restaurant, an Italian restaurant. And there was a guy. Was, Olive Garden? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, some little mom yeah, and pop place in Justin. But. This guy had just pulled up in a brand new GT350, and I didn't hear it. So I, he was getting out of the car. I said, listen, man, I know this is super weird, but will you start it? Will you take off your pants? Yeah. Well, first, take off your pants. Second, start it. But he did. He got back in, started it, and like romped on the throttle a couple times. Oh, my God. It's, it's the price of admission. I'm, if you get one, I'm just going to follow you around. I don't, you know what? I'll probably end up with something totally not even in consideration. Tesla Model S. <laughs> Tesla Model S. No, you'll, you'll get a... Cybertruck. Model, Model X. Three. Model X with the yeah. stupid going The doors. new Y. There you go. Oh, there you yeah. go. You know what? I'm very emotional with, with car purchases. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's something that I really, you know, think a lot about, love, enjoy. Yeah. And so it, it can't just be a whim. It has to be something that I'm emotionally really connected to. Unfortunately, that list is miles long. I so, think you guys need to pick each other's lease vehicles. Ooh. Oh, that would be so wrong. <laughs> yeah, here, it's in this, it's in this dollar amount. That would yeah. get, that would This get. is the most you can spend. These are some of the features I need. And then... Nissan Cube with Cube Pubes yeah. for Ryan. <laughs> because that's what would happen. It would be the two the worst form. cars yeah, yeah. in the world. It would come out of this. The... I, I don't know that I've ever made a car purchase that was maybe twice rooted in logic. And like mm -hmm. actual need, mm -hmm. I go, oh, love it, want it. Like when I had a um, F one fifty when I was living up in the Bay Area. When I moved down here, when I first came to or went to work for Mazda, I had nowhere to put the thing. It was, you know, I mean, it was ridiculous. I, eight months later, I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. So I went, I went because the thing's massive. I mean, the F one fifty is a big truck. Oh yeah. So I go, I go to the Ford dealer uh, local to here, and I had said, hey, look, man, I just want to sell it. You know, what what do you give me for it? And they were. Some stupid number. I was like, absolutely not. It doesn't even make sense. 
He goes, well, we'll give you, a, and he came up like $10,000. He goes, if you buy another another car. And I go. Is that how you end up with the Focus? Yeah. I went, I just pointed at it. I go, I want that. Oh. And he goes, okay. And I had a, I had a Ford plan and everything. So it was, it worked out perfect. But now it makes sense. Cause I never understood you in that car. That car was so much fun. No, I mean, it's super cool. That's actually a car that I wouldn't mind having back. Those are great. Did you have the Recaro seats in it? Yeah. Really? I like so narrow in the shoulder area. Just I love that. Yeah, they, I liked them. They I fit okay in it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't fit great, but it it was enough. It's probably one of, you know, you say the Miata is a really good car, and it is. It's amazing. But the Focus ST is probably one of the best stock chassis I've ever. I made. test drove an RS when I got my STI. I love those, two. and it pulled at my heart. Yeah. 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 They do something that doesn't make sense because it's not. You get in it, they're terrible inside. Oh, right? the word, that steering wheel? Awful interior. The, doors? the steering wheels aren't great. It's a lot of plastic. but the, All the plastic. You just have to drive it. Oh, it's great. And it's amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Almost no torque steering. But car. the dealers were um, drinking the Kool-Aid at the time. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, the RS specifically was, you know, a little... I mean, they talked about like you were going in asking for a LaFerrari. Right. <laughs> they treated it like that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, they, I mean, it's, you know, Ford, they... Know, they still treat the Raptors like that. Yeah. Like yeah. they still have $10,000 markups on Raptors. Why? That's... And every single one that you find in Southern California has got a fucking sunroof. A what? As a sunroof. Do you not want a sunroof on your Raptor? No. Because. Chassis flex. Uh, who, you know, shouldn't have glass that high up. It's way, way up on top. Oh, yeah, on yeah. an off-road truck, you're just going to break it. Yeah. You, you, yeah. It just, because none of these, none of the ones around here are getting anywhere near dirt. You no, know, I've never seen cleaner Raptors. The in, my life. Uh, in Southern California, the, the Raptors are popular with uh, small business owners because of the gross vehicle weight of the vehicle. You can actually write it off right. on your taxes because it weighs over six thousand pounds. Is that why you see so many of them wrapped with corporate logos? Yeah, they're wow. actually. If you ever get a chance to drive one, drive a like a FX4 and then drive a Raptor back to back. The Raptor's more comfortable. I've never driven the Raptor. They're rad. They're so rad. I test drove one when I was up in the Bay Area. I love pickups. I've never had one. And the guy said, just go over the median. I don't care. Make the left <laughs> turn. And I was like, yes, bro. That was awesome. Yeah, that's you, really cool. You got to, at one point in your life, you need to own a truck. Well, there's only one truck I want. Yeah, the problem the Ranger is Raptor. he's, he's nope. already admitted he's... No. The regular Raptor. You know Cyber me. truck. You get one more guess. Uh, it's old. The Ridgeline? <laughs> <laughs> GMC Cyclone. No. That no. was so That's good. A mini no. tr- yeah, I like mini trucks, but that no. one is... No, it's not good, though. It's yeah. so 90s. I love it. It is very 90s. Yeah. They're not... You should rock the Typhoon. Oh, I love a Typhoon. Yeah, a I cool. had an S10 Blazer back in the day, Yeah, and I'd kind of squint and pretend it was a Typhoon. I wanted <laughs> it so bad. My, my buddy's got a, a Typhoon, Yeah, and he's oh. working on it, so yeah. My friend's dad still has his uh, Lightning. The okay. step side, the when yeah, those are cool. step side, those are pretty cool. Not the the square one, the the second one. That I had. love cyclones and typhoons, absolutely I, love it. I'm not a. They're junior. horrible. It's great. They're terrible. That's true. I and I've never like I grew up kind of that. I was the Ford guy, right? I'd rather push my Ford than drive a Chevy. And I just GMs wasn't a big fan. My dad, uh, he worked at a Chevy store when they had like the Irox Z Camaros and like you know that that era, so yeah. like 90s, and. The interiors on those things were the absolute atrocious. Worst. You would look at one of the buttons on the stereo, and all of the paint would come off of the mm. button, and it was just a light 
Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah, so as, a, as a car stereo guy, I've, I've replaced plenty of those over right. the years. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah ni- 90s GM and Ford products did not age gracefully. And mm, I think that's, for no. me, that's why growing up, I was more into imports than domestic, just because, you know, when I was in high school and stuff, all the domestics really kind of sucked. Yeah. You know, I mean, full-size trucks and stuff were okay, but any of, like, the passenger cars weren't anything to really look at. The Ford Probe was interesting, but it wasn't nearly as cool as, like, the Integra or the Eclipse or, you know, all of the other imports that were on the scene at the time. So... Do you know the Probe was supposed to be the, the replacement Mustang. for the Mustang? Right. Which Until is scary. Dealers freaked so out. So scary. And, yeah. I wouldn't mind a, a first-gen SHO manual. Rad. Awesome car. Totally the one rad. that uh, Conan O'Brien has? Yeah. Does he have one? Yeah, Do you he's know my, got a forest green one. Do you know my first job? Well, my first internship, I was an intern for Conan. Really? And I was devastated because one day someone said, hey, James, will you go out and take care of Conan's car? You know, I had to get something out of it or put yeah, something yeah. into it, I can't recall. And it was a Range Rover. And I was devastated because I thought he was going to have the show. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. A show gun would be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh. Jay yeah, Leno. Yeah. yeah. Really, really neat. I do like those old Festivas. I think any They're old stupid. fast forward is just super awesome. Uh, now, you know, if you could get some of the British stuff over here. RS2000? Uh, mm. Yeah. Anything with Escort. Cosworth badge? Escort. Yep. There's yeah. one on uh, Bring a Trailer right now. Yeah. Bring a Trailer is... Ruined the automotive oh, culture. Destroyed things. Yeah. It's. Did you see that? Uh, uh, what was up there? There was Whatever a, you're going to say, the answer is yes. The Evo 2? That was just that, the, the Mercedes? The, the Datsun Z. Oh, yeah, sold. it was like 150 grand. Well, that's insanity. That's yeah. a $40,000 car. That's ridiculous. What's the that? Six, the six-figure Datsun. It was a Datsun oh, Z yeah. that sold just recently, and you're like, what What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had, what, like 16,000 miles or yeah. something. I mean, it was and, super, super, super nice. And then a Maybach sold for like 20 grand. <laughs> well. I will say, though, thank you, Bring a Trailer. Thank you, Randy Nonnenberg, for getting me through the day. I have that up. Basically, all the time. So always. when you when you work, you're air quotes. Yeah, you're you're just searching to bring a trailer. I don't, no, I just I just love the. Uh, I mean, it's fun. You want to plug work? It, it feel, sure. Do it. Yeah, you'll get like hundreds of tens of people maybe, visiting. Maybe Three nine. People? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My stop. mom will hear it. I don't know if your website can handle all the traffic. It's about to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ryan's mom. Open your browser and go to gojura.com. So not the coffee spell maker, that. G-O-J-U-R-A. So we have developed a um, solution to carry AirPods. Uh, AirPods are amazing. I don't need to sell you on that. Gen 1, Gen 2? Gen 1, Gen 2, AirPods Pro, all of them. It's actually the only accessory that will work with all generations. So They're shaped like the human ear, and you just shove... No. (laughs) No, but rather rather than put your uh, AirPods case into a case, uh, our solution plugs into the lightning port and then lets you attach to anything. And... uh, I absolutely love it. Um, we had a really successful Kickstarter campaign, had 1,600 backers in oh, 63 wow. countries, cool. which absolutely boggles my mind. Now, and have you done the Kickstarter thing before? It was my first time. It was my partner's second time. He say, actually is the inventor of the uh, Allo Clip, which is the camera lens yeah, for the yeah. iPhone, which is amazing. I've, I've backed a couple of Kickstarters over the years. What's it like hosting it or running a Kickstarter? Is it kind of different on your end? <laughs> I have mixed thoughts on it. Um, overall, I'd recommend it to anyone looking to, um, you know, have proof of concept or, or you know, bring but, a product to market. But I think that the fallacy, the, the issue with Kickstarter is the only thing it really will give you at the end of the day other than customers is, is money. 
And if you don't know what to do with it, it, it doesn't really help you. Right. You know, because all of the other things that you have to do are, are really challenging and money doesn't solve them. It's not and giving so, you the advice part. Yeah, we, we approached it a little bit differently. And we had our product actually in production when we went on to Kickstarter. And we're shipping, you know, about a month after the campaign ended. And um, it was a phenomenal experience. Our backers are um, absolutely incredible. And I love the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what Kickstarter provides you is a platform. Right, you know, right. And, and they have people who are really, really passionate about that space. They're not buying a product. They're, they're supporting a vision. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they support your particular vision, the thing that you put your blood, sweat, and the tears in, is a really amazing thing to be on the other side of. That's cool. And so, you know, we, I take tremendous, tremendous pride in, you know, doing the right thing back for them. We actually um, closed our campaign on, on like a Thursday, and then the next Tuesday, Apple announced AirPods Pro. So, you know, big wrinkle. And we actually developed tooling um, for the pro and agreed to ship it to any of our backers Mm. um, at no cost. We just asked that they pay the shipping. And so doing the right thing for the backers just feels good because they really do take a leap on on you. Um, It's a really cool experience. Um, Learned an absolute ton. Still learning because we're still kind of doing the, the last pieces of fulfillment on that. But it's been incredibly rewarding. And what you do get to is you know, all of a sudden now we have 1,600 people who are holding the product in their hands. Right. Um, which is incredible on a lot of levels. Um, we had a, a booth at CES this year and... Where were you, you guys know, at CES? Eureka Park okay. in the Sands, yeah, which yeah. is the startup area, which I've been to in previous years and it's hit or miss. This year it was absolutely incredible. Um, the traffic in there, the all the different cool things that you get to see, it's just just a really, really neat thing to be a part of. But we're, uh, we're in a really good spot now, and uh, we're shipping our, our uh, product that works with all generations of AirPods, and it's just been an amazing, amazing Do you have any, uh, dream to, to be a part of. Any major retailers or any... Or we're, is it- we're working on that right now, yeah. We're, uh, we're going to be in retail a um, number of countries, and we're, we're awesome. just locking that down right That's now, but cool. we're... We're selling on our website, gojura.com, and, and uh, we'll be on Amazon soon. We're working with those guys. They're, you know, the, the biggest company along with Apple in, in the world for a reason. I mean, both those companies are just everything you'd want them to be and amazing. And, um, yeah, it's it, been, it a, been a dream come true for yeah, me. Yeah, because it's, it's the greatest thing to be able to work with them, but then at the same time, like, you realize that if, for whatever reason, if they don't like what you're doing, all yeah. of a sudden you're like, shit, there goes my yeah. distribution or whatever it may be. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's been a labor of love, and I'm I'm, you know, can't can't say enough good things about every party experience. It's just well, been, it's been great awesome. that you're you're able to fulfill and, and get everything out to people because there's a lot of horror stories on Kickstarter. Sure, that, yeah, you know, I think it stuff comes down to like people's business strategy or just how organized they are. Sometimes people just right. have nothing more than an idea. They have right. no business sense or planning or have any expertise in doing this stuff, and those are the ones that you see typically fail. Right. Yeah, the fam- the famous one I think is coolest cooler. Where yeah, it's like twelve yeah. million dollars, and yeah. you know it's five years, and no one's. You know. Yeah, a couple hundred people got theirs, and everybody else got nothing. Yeah, and, that, and that's tough. I mean, I I can kind of see it from the other perspective going through it. Look, at, making stuff is really yeah, it's really not easy, hard, yeah. and really cost intensive. Right. And you know, thank God I have my my business partner who um, you know has done this at a really high level uh, before. He's a just a, a brilliant guy and incredible inventor and. You know, it's, uh, you, you need some know-how. I mean, stuff ain't cool. easy. What's your take on major companies being on Kickstarter, selling products? And you're like, why are you doing this? You're a multi-million, billion-dollar company. Why are you using, or do you not see any problem with it? I don't think I see a problem with it. Um, I think that, that 
crowdfunding is a, a different approach to go to market. Not everyone's looking just for money, but some of it is is, some know, it is awareness for a different kind of product. Yeah. Or the viability of such a product. Instead of investing a bunch of money yeah. into making something that may or may not sell. But but ultimately, but, I think the, the boon is for the people on the other side of it, the Kickstarter backers, are getting a chance to have an early look at something and get it at a, you know, a, a, a lowered price as a result of it. But I, I see what you're saying. It's a little bit phony. Yeah, you know, like, to, to you don't need help getting this to market. It's just, it, yeah, it, it's I don't know why. But it's, if you're using it to prove out that there is a demand for but, it, but here, right? here's here's where I guess I, I see it from the other side, is you know right now we're a startup, right? We're self funding, we're, yeah. we're we're bootstrapping it, and we really rely on the people who support us. Um, if let's say we turn into some huge major global player. I would still launch our next product on Kickstarter because I really believe in the platform and I'd really want to do it for the people who backed us the first time. The engagement right. is interesting because you are able to kind of send messages back and forth and send updates and you can kind of see how the backers react. I have a relationship with most of the people who have backed. I've had some kind of correspondence with and it's, it's, it's a part of the experience that I think is so, so valuable. When did the, uh, when did the, the Kickstarter fund... What's like, that? Was it several months ago? Was this like when? Did uh, it was end of November. Okay. And so yeah. has everybody already received their... Everyone who didn't want to wait for the pro. We started shipping okay. that. It went out uh, on Friday. We oh, started nice. first shipments on that. Yeah. Have you started to see user feedback yet? Or has anybody... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And that's that's the coolest thing is to, you know, to, to actually make something, um, which is, again, I can't stress, really hard to do, and then watch people enjoy it. Right. And, and tell you that they're enjoying it. I mean, that that's everything. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive. And it's a, it's a different idea. I mean, it kind of challenges convention of the way that other companies are approaching, you know, the carry AirPod solution. Right. And so I, you know, we kind of shipped it out into the world and then you, you kind of wait and see how it you goes. hope yeah. it's going to go well. But, but man... What was your what was your funding target? Like, what was the minimum? we set it intentionally low? I mean, we set it thirty thousand dollars. We didn't have any marketing or media to support it, and uh, we did we did just about seventy k. Did it's it, like sixty nine and change? Did you hit the goal pretty early on? Three days in. Oh shit! Yeah, that's yeah, pretty. Fast. Yeah, it was really cool. That's really cool because cool. it's always interesting. You see some kind of like slowly snowball, and then like towards the end they build up steam and do it. And I've backed some that barely hit the funding goal like yeah. you know a day or two before the uh before it closed out so it's, it's always interesting to see it's tough to do yeah you know it, it anything that looks simple um it, it's a lot of hard work to make something look simple and you know the, the kickstart campaign i mean you know you talk about measure twice cut once i mean man we worked for months to put something up that's just gonna have a 30-day shelf right. you know, shelf life and um Every single day of it, I mean, I'm, I was staring at my phone every every two minutes and making sure that if someone had a question, it was answered, you know, immediately. Right. And, you know, if we had an update on something, that it went up. Because it's all about communication, yeah. right? You're not just putting something in a retail store. You're building a relationship with these people. How many well, different and they're people? taking a lot of that on faith, right? That there's, they, oh, yeah. they can't see it before they buy it. Right. Totally. They've right. seen and a video, so a rendering. Or right. And there's a yeah. thing that's potentially a, a brand new idea that uh-huh. they're just going to have to say, well, it's kind of cool. Screw it. I'm going to take the chance. Yeah. And that's big for people. And the campaign's the only going to be as good as the people who are, who are putting it on. Right. You know, there's people who put it on and they, you know, you never hear from them again. And that's right. not really what Kickstarter is. Right. So a lot of lessons learned, you know, a lot of things we do potentially differently another time but mm-hmm. um no i really believe in it as a platform i really really like the idea of crowdfunding what was the uh breakdown for the the backers like 
worldwide? Was it more than half came from the U.S. or was it pretty well distributed? Or did you notice like surprising popularity in regions you didn't expect it to have? Yeah, I mean, I think about half of the, the backers are U.S. Mm-hmm. based, maybe even closer to 60%. And the rest of them, I mean, the spread, I'd look at it and my mind was just like, how are these people finding out about right. this thing? Yeah. Any countries are like, oh, wow, I didn't realize well, that. Yeah, I mean, 63 countries. That's I mean, the other, it, it's the other an benefit. amazing, amazing thing. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a huge benefit, right? Is that you can you have a worldwide audience instead of if you were you developed a product and you took it to a kiosk at South Coast Plaza or whatever, right? Right. I mean, your your penetration it takes forever. Yeah. So to be able to get that out there that much quicker is pretty. Oh, cool. it's so cool. Yeah, that's really so cool. so cool. And and getting the chance to correspond with people in you know Uganda or you know Moscow or yeah. Australia. What that's was, so cool. Thinking someone's holding my product right now in Russia. Yeah. Israel. I mean, That's Brazil. Crazy. It's just, it's a really, really cool thing. What was the, cool. uh, the top backer tier option? Like if they donated or they contributed X amount, what would they get? Yeah, we, we did a five pack of our, we have an option with a titanium carabiner, which again, we designed, we designed every part of it. Um, took great pride in that. But we had a five pack of those, which was $119, which is a 40% discount. I mean, that's, oh, wow. that's a part of it. But we had people who pledged $500. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, just said, hey, we love the idea. want to see you guys succeed. That's super cool. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So you send them a glossy, topless photo of you autographed and... <laughs> pa- pantsless. <laughs> pantsless, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, we try to really go above and beyond for people. The and... photo was titled Tops Only. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But no, I, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a shocking, like, da shucks thing to see, yeah. you know, what people back in the comments and can't say enough good things about it. That's super cool. Well, coincidentally, yeah. uh, a... Another one of my friends actually used to build, I don't know if he still works with them or not, but he was doing all the assembly jigs and fixtures for all equipped. No, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, really cool company. Yeah. Really, really cool. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I take a lot of iPhone photos and I just, I've never... Isn't it cool that you have basically like the best camera in the world in your pocket everywhere you go now? Well, it's the saying is the best camera is the one you carry with you. And so, for many people, it is their phone. Well, all all my travel stuff, I mean, the entire trip and... Well, the, with, the best ear, the best AirPods are the ones you carry with you. Gojira.com. Yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, uh, you know, all my travel stuff's done on iPhone for the most part. I don't really take my 5D with me very often. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the, the 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 handoff. I mean, you want to be able to take spectacular photos, but you don't want to lug around a big piece of equipment to do so. So, I mean, fo- I, I I my parents have like five pictures of me. You know, how many pictures do you have of your are, kids? Are, are you the second 10, kid? 10,000? Well, yeah, but it also depends on where you are. In, Only in child. A, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> my, <But> I mean, <laughs> like in my family, I'm the oldest. So there's a ton of pictures of me. Yeah. Not so not many so of my younger brother. Because at that point, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But w- when we were kids, I mean, they were they were barely one step away from the big cameras on tripods right. with the right. hood right. over right. you. Right. I mean, right. it's just, it's not convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the, 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 yeah. the big flash. The powder flash. The powder flash, yeah. Yeah. That's I, actually I how my grandfather did it. There's probably hundreds of photos of me, right? From, yeah. You know, looking at all the, the developed Kodak pictures over the years. But yeah, I think of my son, there's probably thousands. Well, it's funny that like my, my rig, I have an actual, you know, a DSLR and I'll take that thing out. I'll shoot 500 photos mm-hmm. and probably delete 499 mm-hmm. of them. Right. Yep. Right. Whereas when I had a film camera, oh, I, to be I took like four with it. photos and I'd freak out over every one. And then you get them back and they're garbage. You, you're you're all, you anticipate what their photos look like. You know, when you drop them off to get developed, you pick right. them up because you, you forgot what they don't look took anything like of. that. Yeah. I like shooting on film, though, because there's a there's a part of it based on what you just said. You have to be deliberate. Right. You know, and there's something that makes that a little bit more special. 
So I do like, I will, sometimes I'll take my camera out and I'll go to X place. It doesn't matter. Just go pick something like whatever. And I will force myself. Okay. You only get 11 photos or you kind of, you know, I get 20 photos or I'll give myself like a limit and then you have to stop and think about stuff. But I'm not a, a photographer per se as a, as an artist. I think You're pretty I, good. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good. I get out the iPhone and I take some rad pictures and then I walk away. But that's, you know. That I, I just, I do try to be a little more deliberate. You're one of the feeds I actually get a lot of enjoyment from. I appreciate And I that. hate social media. I am so just, it's painful. Yeah. I like Instagram. Yeah. I hate everything else. You know, I am to the point now where I'm, I was actually the other day considering just getting rid of everything. I've done it. Yeah. I don't, I haven't logged into Facebook in two years. I go on, I'll be honest, I go on Facebook to look at memes and that's it. Mm. And that's not a really good use of Facebook. Mm. It's, it's much better on Instagram. Either not way, Instagram. It's terrible. The memes on LinkedIn are off the hook. What? You know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? I though? hate that. Actually, it's funny that you say that because I was on LinkedIn the other day and I couldn't tell if I was on Facebook or yeah, if I was on people, a professional media. Yeah, some people like, are Some people it. are. It's There's some weird crap on there. You're making like, decisions. Yeah, you're like, why are you posting that, Carol? I've seen a lot of the ones where it's like, I interviewed this candidate and. They didn't meet the criteria, but I took a leap of faith in them. And then they just, it's just like a, a clickbait thing yeah. for looking for likes, like some sympathetic, like, look at me. I took a risk and hired the unorthodox candidate. And you're like, okay, good for you. Cool. Like, great. There was but, one that was like, like a full on meme that some guy, like there's somebody on my LinkedIn feed and I don't know who it is without going to look that just posts full on memes all the really? time. On yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. I think some of those might be just social media settings where you can also share it to multiple platforms at once. But you should but, do yeah. that. I know. Pro I tip know. 101. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, what the F? Dun, 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 um, dun. I, do, I do like Instagram, and I didn't really get... It. I've, I've had an Instagram account for many years. I've literally never posted anything until recently. I started kind of getting back, you know, getting into it. And I do like being you get, able to you share. You get good social. Yeah. I, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I do. I like sharing, you know, the travel stuff. It's cool. And yeah. I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, and I, I like it. that. I like that. There's some pretty narrow parameters, hmm. right? Like it's not like you can't go in. Now there's 75. Well, you could. Should. Should. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that there, you know, it's not like Facebook where there's now all there's all these comments that are more pictures and all this other crap. And it's just it that can be kind of overwhelming. It's a little more simplistic. Yeah. I had fun when I was in Japan posting some of the pictures to the uh, Ungrown Ups uh, Instagram. I feed. saw that. Yeah. So the uh, the Tokyo banana cum ass uh, <laughs> flavor. <laughs> yeah. That one. I was bummed because I saw it in the airport in Haneda. And I like, didn't okay. get it. Well, yeah, because I'm like, Tokyo banana. As long as I'm in Tokyo, I can find it. So when I was flying out of Narita, which is also in Tokyo, right. couldn't find it. Yeah. And then the restaurant that I came across, Mr. Young Men. Mm. I've seen that place. Yeah, it's yeah. a Okonomiyaki it's a chain, restaurant. Right? Yeah. I don't know if it's a chain, but it, it's a restaurant. And I thought it was kind of like a, a party bar for dudes who like dudes. Apparently not. Does Mr. Young Man serve the cum ass? Uh, <laughs> it might be on the menu, but I don't know. And then the, the other oh, photo man. that I loved was... Magazines in Japan are, are crazy. Um, instead of just being a print publication, there's usually like a item bundled in with the right. publication. So like if you're buying a woman's fashion magazine. Sorry, I just saw what he's going to. Yeah. That's great. A, a woman's fashion magazine might have like a little makeup pouch or uh, some like cosmetic samples or something like this. Yeah. So this was a men's fashion magazine called Youth Loser. That's the name of the magazine, Youth Loser. Which is fantastic. And it Why came, am I on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> and it came with a, a backpack. 
And the unique thing about the backpack is it's just olive green and it says 1997 on it. That's it. Which is weird. That's the year I graduated high school. Yeah, Why I is know. that on I was going to say, I think I peaked then. Yeah. <laughs> but for whatever it is, yeah, youth loser. That's and so funny. it's just the the idea of being able to see some of these well, absurd the, things. Their translations sh- are terrible. They're awesome. There's If, if you watch... Uh, uh, did you finish Our Man in Japan? Have you seen this yes. show? With James, James May? James May, Our Man on the Street. So, I need to. It's James May. He goes to Japan. He travels top to bottom. It's it's awesome. But at one point, he goes to a clothing store, and the clothing store is called Sperm. Yeah. That's the name of the store. Wow. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'll, I will say, having worked for a Japanese company that um, rhymes with NASDA, I won't say which one it is, sure. um, some decks come over, like, double translated. Yes, and they're fabulous. Oh, so good. Yeah. We used to, uh, one of the, when I worked uh, for Subaru, one of the parts catalogs was translated very, very poorly. So we had rake rads. Yeah. I was like, oh, you guys, somebody should have read this. Yeah. But some of them, like like this young, this youth loser, like you kind of get the idea of the picture they're trying to paint. Like this is like some sort of alternative kind of drive. But the loss of translation part just makes it hilarious. Yeah. Like, you know they're going after this angsty, rebellious kind of character, but youth loser. I did like, do you, when you're in Japan, do you look, I liked looking at people's like, I have some pictures somewhere of like, this woman was carrying a bag, I don't remember exactly what it said, but bad translation. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're sh- like t-shirts, it's I, I buy them for my son whenever I can. And oh, some yeah. of them, again, if you look at the words literally, they don't make much sense. But if you put them you all together, it, it paints like a right. picture, a scene, and you, you get the the mood that right. they were after, if not necessarily the exact meaning. But yeah, it, it's some good stuff. I just, have you, you seen? Would, you, sorry, I was just saying, you would think that they would eventually just say, hey, why don't we hire like a, a native speaker? But and... then you lose the charm. Yeah. But... Like I was at the airport looking for the come ass Tokyo banana and I couldn't find it, but I, I did find a snack that's called Let's Corn. That's the mm. name of the snack. Let's Corn. Let's. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not corn pops or, you know, whatever. It's let's corn. But you know, when you're hungry and you look at your mom and say, hey, mom, let's corn. I mean, it, it kind of says it all. I don't think that's something you should ever say to your parents. Yeah. Well, ever. yeah. I don't know. You're probably right. Yeah. Probably right. That's more of a peer to peer. But that this is, feels I mean, like this feels like we're we're running into the ground in a great spot. I told to you if you get off this. cars, I'm I'm no, yeah. you're dead. No, dead you're in the water. You are perfect. This, this is up to us to carry it. And we are not doing. We very we good do job. have some treats here that we haven't touched that we could open up and dig into, and we don't want to chew on air. So no, so we should we should have a snack. Uh, James, we appreciate you being here. Thank you guys for having me. Dude, anytime. It was awesome. See you again uh, tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Same time next week. Thanks for being here, man. All right. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Ungrown Ups podcast. And for this, we apologize.